I don't doubt anyone's heart in that locker room, anybody's competitiveness in that locker room. As I said a couple weeks ago, this is a gut check time. This is a time to, um, you know, just look that guy in the mirror and just ask him, like, are you really giving everything you can to this program in order for us to be successful? What's up, everybody? We have another episode of the Pot of Aggieland. It's on your host, yours truly, Chase Lane, number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. A crazy, crazy weekend in college football. I'll be, I'll be getting into all of those things and, and what the weekend looked for me. But as always, we're going to start off with the quote of the day. So the quote of the day for today's episode is, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. So short and to the point, I'll say it again. The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. And for me, I think it is really coming into a lot of different places and a lot of different aspects of my life right now. So um, as people know that tune into the podcast weekly, um, which I greatly appreciate, by the way, um, I do have aspirations of one day uh, being on ESPN, being a commentator, being a sports analyst on a major, major sports network like that. So, you know, I, I just wanted to dibble and dabble in some things. And I, and I applied for some internships for the for the spring and for the summer at ESPN. And um, over the past two days, I have I, I applied to four ESPN internships. Right. And. Uh, it was like digital media intern, social media intern, production intern, things like that. Just, you know, just get my foot in the door. And out of the four that I applied for, I just got three rejections. So although I've seen success with this podcast thus far, and I've, and I've been getting a lot of praise from a lot of different people, you know, in passing, like, oh, I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. Oh, like, you're, you sound like you're comfortable on the mic. Um you know, it was it was a humbling feeling getting those getting those emails back because you know I've, I've never really had to deal with like a lot of rejection in my life, and I've been blessed to say that because you know just being at the level I'm at now, uh, playing at a school like A and M, and you know just um, really being able to just accomplish a lot of the goals that I've set for myself since I've been in college and just in life. Period. Um, I, I'm not really used to a rejection like that, so. Uh, it was a weird feeling. Like I wasn't like sad, but it was kind of like, damn, like, like this is like the real world, I guess. So, um, yeah. So I, I applied to four internships at ESPN and I just actually got my third email before I filmed this episode saying I got the, uh, rejected for an, uh, one of the positions I applied for. So, um, yeah. And then when you contribute that quote to, you know, just how it's going on w- with our season thus far, you know, we're three and six, just lost to a four and four Florida team in our house. And, uh, you know, just that was a, it was a bad feeling out there and I wasn't able to play. I was, I was out this week with a, with a lower back injury. Yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a really humbling feeling and it's a, it helps you just come back into realization of, you know, not everything is going to be, you know, just clear cut blue skies, have it your way kind of things. But, in order to get to those kind of days, you got to be able to put up with the rain. 
And um, I think that's a life lesson that you can take on no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your life, no matter if it's like I said with my coach, I like to kind of have it channel a different ways, you know, through careers and relationships and um, athletics, academics, anything. And I think being able to weather the storm and being able to, you know, just stay down during those tough times to make it to those brighter days is, is very vital to one's growth and, and maturity and success. So I'll say it again. Uh, the quote is, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. So that's a quote. And as always, uh, hopefully it can resonate with you guys. So moving forward, first, let's get into this crazy week, uh, crazy weekend we just had in college football. If you were able to tune in to the last episode last Thursday, I talk, I kind of went down the, the top 10 and my analysis on each team. And um, when I talked about the, the Alabama and LSU matchup, I hinted at the fact that this game was going to be extremely telling for both programs. And I said that if Alabama was going to win, it had to be a, a dominant win in order for them to get back into playoff contention. And I said LSU just had to win, period. You know, just the – to um, get the respect that I now so believe that they deserve. They, 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 they definitely deserve that top 10 ranking. And um, that game solidified it for me, man. So, you know, uh, since our game was at 11 a.m., the beauty of that is that you, you get to go home and we get home around like 3.34 and you have the rest of the day to just watch like the other college football games that are going on. So, um, man, that game, like – LSU's defense made Bryce Young not look like Bryce Young for for stretches in that game. And Harold Perkins, a guy that I thought we had in the bag coming here, played, played tremendously for LSU. We had three sacks, some tackle for losses, and, you know, he was just making plays. And as a true freshman in a game like that, that's so big for them. So um, kudos to, to Coach Kelly down there at LSU. Had them boys ready. Had the – had the the gunction to say, look, we in OT, we tied the game. Like we're not gonna go for the tie, we're going for the win. Like it's it's like win or nothing. And um they dialed it up and they and they got the game winner and, and that was a crazy man. And that and that's the beauty of college football that you you like seeing, man. Like top ten matchups like that. Uh you know it's always a rivalry game when those two teams play. And um first year head coach trying to establish culture, trying to you know, get the fan base around them because, you know, they've been on the struggling in these last couple of years, these last two years. And, uh, yeah, that, that was just a really good win for college football, period, but an extremely good win for, for LSU. So uh, kudos to them, man, those guys, those guys down there in the bayou making plays and, you know, just um, really hitting their stride. But, uh, yeah, other games that were on, uh, SMU and Houston played a basketball game damn near. The score was 77 to 63. Quarterback Tanner Mordecai had 10 total touchdowns, nine throwing and one rushing. That's crazy numbers. Uh, but yeah, man, those like, th- and those are actually like, those are fun games to watch too, you know, just shootouts. And it's kind of funny. I thought that, um, our game was going to be a shootout and I'll, and I'll be getting into that. But, um, yeah, you know, the teams I feel like that, uh, had their games, they won, they were supposed to win. I don't, I don't remember, um, correctly. I could be wrong, but I don't remember there being any upsets that just jumped off the board. But uh, yeah, I know people are really eager to hear me get into this Florida breakdown. So uh, let's get right into it, man. What does the word home mean to me? 
I can't necessarily put one word on the concept of home because home is authenticity. Home is love and home is security. And, you know, just being a college kid really makes you appreciate the times that you're able to go home and see your family and, you know, just get a home cooked meal and be around your family members, be in your old bed, sit in a, sit on that spot you had on your couch in the living room that you always slept in and we took your naps and, you know, just doing the things that you do with your parents and your siblings when you're at home and, you know, just being back in the neighborhood and just having that sense of security and that sense of love and that, that sense of authenticity. So in saying that, this podcast is proudly supported by our friends at the Hudson team. The Hudson team is helping Aggie sell and buy homes that offer all the things I just talked about. They can help with any and all real estate needs. And when you're working for the Hudson team, you're working with a powerhouse. The Hudson team is the number one Zillow ranked team in the Bryan Station area based on sales volume and the number of transactions done each year. All members of the team are former a students, including our friend Alexis Knox. She is a broker associate and a realtor on the team with over five years of experience. Alexis loves helping everyone, but she especially takes pride in helping her fellow Aggies in the Bryan College Station area, as well as Austin. To learn more and to contact Alexis, you can call her at 281-745-0010. That's 281-745-0010. You can also find her on social media at Alexis Knox Realtor or at her website, AlexisKnoxRE.com. Huge thanks to Alexis and the Hudson team, so shout out to them. As I hinted at earlier, I wasn't able to play this past weekend. I got banged up in the Ole Miss game um, last week, and I had a really, really, really bad uh, lower back injury. And I actually had to leave to go to the hospital uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter at the Ole Miss game that I don't think anybody knows about. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a bad injury. And um, so since I got hurt, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be playing and my trainers knew I wasn't going to be playing. So the the main thing for me um, – during the Florida week was just to just rehab, rehab, rehab and um, treatment, treatment, treatment. So the whole week, man, I had to wake up at six. And I know some people are going to hear this and be like, man, you waking up late. But um, I had to wake up at six, man. I had treatment from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Treatment and rehab from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Come back home, do some homework. And then I, I'd had to be back up at the training facility from like one until meetings. And that's when I had my pool workout. So, um, yeah, it was not being, being hurt is actually a grind too. And, um, having to rehab and having to get treatment is, it can be such a draining process sometimes, but being an older guy, I, I can really see how beneficial it is, you know, just to stay in the training room when you're not hurt, you know, and just doing prehab things. So you don't have to do rehab. And, um, yeah, man, it it was a it was a grind, and and you know my grind isn't over yet. I gotta get seven a.m. treatment this week until I'm a hundred percent. When you're hurt, it's so weird because, well, some guys like when they're hurt they don't travel, but like they they traveled me. Um, so you know it's kind of weird because yes, you're part of the team, and yes, you understand the importance of you know just preparing to play a game, but like when you're not playing you really don't necessarily have to deal with like the 
the anxiety of preparing for a game and like the stress of preparing for a game, and, like going through your pregame notes and like making sure, you know, all the right routes that are going to be like um, that were ran this week and, you know, just really prepping. So, uh, you know, I was in meetings and everything, and, you know, of course I'm always locked in, but I, it wasn't like a, like a, like a dire need of focus because like, obviously I'm not going out there to play. So um, yeah, I was really just, you know, helping getting the younger guys ready um, like I have throughout most of the year. And, uh, you know, just making sure everything was running smoothly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a weird feeling, though, because, like, you wake up on game day, you put on your suit, you go through the spirit walk, and you kind of start to get the adrenaline, like, you're about to go play, but then you get to the locker room and your pads aren't in your locker and you just got a jersey and you're kind of like, damn, like, I'm not playing. So, um, yeah, but then getting getting to the game is – it's such a weird feeling because you're just kind of like, dang, like I want to play. Like I really want to play in. Um, I especially really wanted to play in this game because Florida, when we played Florida two years ago, that was my first collegiate touchdown ever in Kyle field on my mom's birthday. Um, so it like, I have a really good, really, really, really good connection with playing against Florida. So I really wanted to be available this week. So, you know, just when the guys are going through warmups and, you know, you could, the fans were coming in, like we're playing the music, we're playing the new Drake album. That's crazy. By the way, um, you're seeing Florida warm up and you're kind of like, damn, like, I want to be out there with the guys, man. And, you know, just um, going back into the locker room and you see guys getting the game faces on and, uh, you know, like Jimbo comes in and does his speech, you know, guys are like getting hype and getting lit. And you kind of just feel like you're missing out. But um, it, it, it's really cool for me because I'm in a place to where I've been in the program for some time now. So, like, obviously, I know the playbook damn near like it's the back of my hand. So, um, actually, I don't know if, like, if you guys saw if you were at the game. But when we were on offense, I was actually, like, signaling with the signal callers. So, like, when Jimbo would call playing the headset, I would get to play from uh, my receiver coach and his GA. And then I would actually be out there, like, directing traffic. Like, no, 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 like, you're on this side, you're on this side. Like, you're on the ball, you're off, you're off the ball. Uh, like, aligning splits, telling guys to get their depth on routes and everything, just because I, I just know it so fluently and fluidly. So, uh, yeah, I actually felt like a coach. I should have asked for a headset. I thought that would have been pretty live. But, uh, yeah, I felt like a coach. But it's, it's really cool kind of to just – I don't want to say, like, have a game off or have, like, some time off, but – in a way, I feel like any athlete could could co-sign when I say this. It's just like a it's like a refreshing feeling. It's almost like similar to like when you have a bye week and you're and you're coming off a bye week and like you feel refreshed, you feel uh, motivated again, like you feel um, replenished. But for me, it was kind of just like oof, like like I can get healthy because like this last couple like days have been just hell for me. I've been on painkillers, had taken all these pills, getting IVs. Everything, man, it was such a crazy experience for me this past week. And, you know, just getting to just enjoy the game without having to go out there and get hit, worry about getting hurt. Like it was, it was just a really just like a, a calming, a calming feeling. So, um, yeah. So moving forward, let's get into the game. Uh, first quarter, they opened with a field goal. Um, we answered with the Devonta chain touchdown run in the first play of from scrimmage that we had was a, humongous uh, stretch run to the right towards towards their sideline that ended up bouncing back all the way to our sideline. And Vaughn took it damn near to like the, 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 the 20, 25 yard line. And, you know, um, 
like I said, it just felt like things were just going really well for us. And I, and I really thought it was going to be a shootout, like for real, because they would get the ball, they would come out and score. We would get the ball and we would respond. We would get a stop and then we would score. Like, it, and I just like, okay, like we're playing good. And I, I thought Haynes played really well. Yeah, Haynes, like he, and like I said, like when we played Bama, Haynes is a warrior. And if Haynes is needed by his team, he is going to step up 15 times out of 10. He's going to step up for his team and he's going to be ready and he's going to be available. So that's one thing you can never question about Haynes is his heart and, and his competitiveness. And uh, like I said, I feel like he played a really good game. I think he, I think he managed the game well. I feel like he, he seemed poised out there. And I think from all the games he's played in this season, I felt like that game he just looked the most poised and he looked the most confident back there. And I think you could really see um, flashes of that in the, in the first half. But um, yeah, moving forward, it was really nice for us to have a start like that on offense because this whole year we've kind of just been struggling with you know, getting out the gate fast and starting fast, you know, putting points on the board, putting them behind the eight ball instead of ourselves for a change. But, um, yeah, and, like, I, it just it felt really fluid. And, you know, like, I had a good vibe. Like, it was a, an 11 a.m. game. Like, it was it was packed. It was packed. It was loud, but it wasn't, like, anything crazy. Like, we were at home, and uh, it just felt like a good vibe out there. And it was, like, the sun was out. And it, I thought from, like, the first half, it just felt like everything was going to run smoothly. But, um, you know, they came back, and their quarterback had a humongous 60-yard touchdown run, uh, pushed them up 17-14. Um, in the last episode, I, I really stressed the importance and the, and the emphasis of, you know, just trying to stop the run because, um, like I said, they have a, a quarterback who can get outside of the pocket and he can make plays with his legs, but – um, what really surprised me was he made some key throws for them. Like when he needed to, he made some key, key, like important third down throws. And I'm not talking about just like some third and threes, third and fours. Like I'm talking about like third and third and sevens, third and nines, third and elevens. Like he was able to convert on third down with his arm. And I, and, and we, we wanted to challenge him to do that. I know that for sure. I know that was the emphasis, emphasis on defense was to have him beat us with his arm instead of his legs. But he was able to, you know, get in the end zone twice uh, with his legs and he was able to make some, some key nice throws. And, you know, um, Another thing, when you're not when you're not playing in the game, you can really get to watch the defense and you can really get to watch what the other team is doing because when you're in a game, like for us, when we come off the sideline, we don't watch the game. We might we may look up at the screen, if the screen if we hear like the crowd make a noise or something, but more often than not, we're gonna be on the bench like drawing up things on the on the clipboard with our coaches and you know, Jim is gonna be coming back and forth talking to us. So we don't really get to watch the game unless like we're on offense. So I was able to watch both sides of the ball and um, yeah, they, they look really poised out there and, you know, playing in Kyle field is always a hostile environment, no matter what the record is from our end. But um, yeah, they, their quarterback really impressed me and uh, kudos to Anthony Richardson, you know, coming into the crib and getting a dub. So as always, I'm going to respect my opponent and I'm going to give flowers where flowers are due. But um, moving forward, right before the half and, um, we always uh, stress this and it, like I said, everything was going smoothly. Like what we wanted to do in the first half, we did. And coach Fisher always likes to, um, kick off first, 
get that last possession in at the end of the half, put, put points on the board, and then come out in the second half with the ball and then potentially put more points on the board because you can have 10 to 14 points before they even touch the ball again. So um, we were able to score at the end of the half. Devon had another touchdown run, and kudos, Devon. My dog had three tutties on Saturday. Uh, box office, as I say. But, um, yeah, we were up 24 to 20 at halftime. So, like, the locker room, like, I don't want to say that we were acting like the game was won because we're not really in the position to where we need to be thinking like that at halftime, hence our record. But um, guys were confident, man. Like, the vibe was cool. Like, guys were talking, you know. like, And it was more so like a – when I say talking, I don't mean like, you know, just talking about like a random, just like BS, but like talking, like, you know, what do you see out there? Like, Oh, I see this. Like we can do this. Like I could really start to see like the growth in the, in the maturity of the locker room. You know, guys were locked in at the task at hand. And, um, yeah, I, I just thought everything was going to go so smooth, bro. And like, that's the, that's the hard part about just how we came out in the second half. And coach Fisher's message at halftime was, you know, um, uh, like I said, he always says it, Defense, they don't score, we win. And guys got lit when he said that. Like, because 24-20, if they don't score, we win. So it's like, like, like people were like really excited to just go out there and just finish the game. And like, Coach Richard just kept on saying, like, finish, finish, finish. Like, just finish the game. Like, put them away and let's just do it. But, uh, yeah, man, we weren't able to do it. And it's just so frustrating just talking about it because it's like, Ugh, it's just it's hard to even talk about, bro. But um, moving up to to the third quarter, they answer with a nice, nice touchdown grab, uh, go ball. Anthony Richardson put it in the bread basket, and the receiver went up and made a play. And you know he did his job right out the gate. And uh, our offense, we start to struggle. They score again. So now going into the fourth quarter, it is 34 to 24. We were unable to score in the third quarter. Like field goal, we weren't able to get in the field goal range, turnovers, um, punts, nothing, man. We, we, we just stalled out in the third quarter. And at this point, like since I wasn't playing, I can speak from like a observant point of view. I don't know, man. It's it's just so frustrating because just the way we came out in the first half was everything we wanted wanted it to be. So like we got points at the end of the half. Like we were able to come out and start early, minor to few to if any uh, self inflicted wounds, and it just I don't know, man. We stalled out in the third quarter, and it's just extremely frustrating just even talking about it. But um. Going into the fourth quarter, offense, we fumble, fumble, and then we punt. So we're 0 for 3 on those, on those, on those, on those first three possessions. And we finish off the game. They scored another rushing touchdown and they end up winning 41 to 24. So I don't know. Um, all I can really say is that. Florida made great second half adjustments. I think, I think they, here's what I think. Here's what I saw. So if you go back and watch that game, 
we were able to connect on throws vertically in the passing game in the seams. So that's why you saw Moose catch a lot of balls um, on on a lot of the scoring drives, and that's why you saw Max Wright get some action because Max Wright finished with like five or six catches. So the seams were wide open, um, and if the seams are open, um, you, we had some dig windows, and since they're dropping into zones, we had some underneath like little five-yard in routes to Evan that Evan caught a few in the first half. And that's what we were expecting them to do because cover three is their main coverage, which which we went over. But what they did at the second half to minimize that, they played mainly man the rest of the game when we came out in the second half. Like they, they just manned us up across the board and they were sending will fire blitzes off the backside. So they're manning us up and then they're putting like crazy pressure on Haynes just to try to just make him get the ball out quick, make him have to make quick decisions, you know, like go through his reads quicker. Cause you see, that's when we like Haynes really started getting pressured. That was in the second half. So um, they made, they made some good adjustments on defense uh, in the second half. Um, offense, I think, I think they stay true to their game plan. I think they're going to try to run first and throw when they need to. And uh, I think this is exactly what they did, and they were able to execute it. And um, they were able to execute um, their game plan on all sides, all three phases of the game. So, um, you know, you can't really, like, I can't sit here and say, like, oh, like, we did, we should have did this, we should have did that. Like, they, they just, you know, they made the adjustment they needed to make, and they were able to come out successful. But I will say one thing, just being in that atmosphere – and not playing, like I said, um, sometimes in this in this episode, and just you know seeing the fans leave early, man, that hurts, bro. And it just makes you feel like, dang, like we couldn't even get the job done for them. Like they came out and damn near sold out the stadium, despite the season we've been having. So it just goes to show, like the unwavering support we get through like our loyal fans and just, just our, our fan base in general, just the support we get from them. So I just want to say, I appreciate the entire 12th man because man, like if we were, if we were Texas, man, Texas, if Texas had a three and five, three and six record, man, there'd be some empty bleachers in that stadium. And you can look up pictures and you know what I'm talking about, but I just want to say kudos to our fans, man, for, you know, just showing us so much love and support. And I'm just so, you know, just genuinely just sorry that we weren't able to get the job done because I know it's been a hard season from y'all's perspective, you know, just having the preseason ranking we had and, you know, bringing in the class we had. And, you know, things just haven't been going our way at all this year. And, you know, some guys were sick this week and, you know, we're unavailable for this game. But, um, yeah, it was, man. Mm, it, that, that that one really stings because you never, you never want to see your your home fans leave early, and then you you get to the point to where the the visiting team has taken over the the atmosphere and has taken over the stadium. That's never a good feeling. We had it with App State, and um, we had it with with this game. So and they traveled really well. I didn't know Florida fans traveled that well, but they were like sprinkled out like pretty pretty like well throughout the stadium. So. Um, yeah, man, you never want to hear the away fans be louder than your home fans 
in your home stadium. That's it's never a good feeling at all. But um, yeah. So we we have three games left, man, and, and we're sitting at we're sitting at three and six. Um, we got Auburn this week. We got UMass, and then we got LSU. So, um, in order for us to be bowl eligible, if you are familiar with college football, you have to have six wins. So we have to win out, and um, I think we are highly capable of doing that because you know, like, look, it did. I don't, I don't care what a prediction says. I don't care what the numbers say, man. Like football is football, and whoever's gonna win that game is gonna win that game. So we still have a lot to play for, and even though. Um, our goals have changed. Um, we can still make a ball game and we can still go out there and win a ball game and, you know, just compete our asses off. So, um, that's one thing that I think you'll never have to question from this team is our heart and our competitiveness because the guys in that locker room, um, are hurting. Uh, everyone's hurting right now, man. And, you know, no one, no one would have thought that we we would be in the situation that we're in, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of frustration in the in the facility right now, and the frustration is just like we we just want to be we want to be good, we want to be great, man. Like we we want to be um, contending for SEC championships, man. Like everybody wants that, and I think we're just so close, and it's just so frustrating that I had to keep saying that we're so close because it just gets repetitive. And, um, yeah, man, but I don't doubt anyone's heart in that locker room, anybody's competitiveness in that locker room. As I said a couple weeks ago, this is a gut check time. This is a time to, um, you know, just look that guy in the mirror and just ask him, like, are you really giving everything you can to this program in order for us to be successful? Because as Coach Fisher says, um, there's no I in team, but – there is an I in win and that I stands for your individual responsibility that will contribute to your team's success. So um, that's one of the things that stuck out with me that coach Fisher constantly harps on, but um, it couldn't be any more true. So um, yeah, I, I, I hate that I started to sound all negative there, but you know, I was just getting real for a minute, but um, yeah, this has been a, another quick episode of the, Pot of Aggieland. Um, when we come back on Thursday, I'll be getting into Auburn uh, pregame and um, prepare preparations for that. And I might have a little speaker for y'all too. So uh, stay tuned, and I will see y'all later this week. Peace. Peace.